0: Welcome all the listeners to another episode of Trials and Meditations, Trials and Meditations. It's your boy Red Dragon, just inviting my people in. So let, the stories begin. so let the stories begin. I'm only talking about the first when I'm talking my favorite Jen. It's time to reminisce with two of my favorite men. Whether you're saying two or whether you're saying Tim, make sure you say it here with two of my brothers, Kim. Kim Y, Kim Ness, other Bidani guests. No matter where the convo goes, never finesse. Rituals was our gathering place. Escaping the battle, this world chanting. That's why we called it a space embrace. This is one of a kind podcast. Kings and Chiefs. I'm gonna call it a god cast. This is a movement, I'm glad that you're tuned in. First generation and family reunion, I'm all in on this reminiscent affair. And every word that I speak is like a fist in the air. Simple kick in a snare is all I need for my comrades. Time to lift off, better get on your launch pads. And savage and fast, very far from average cats. Every memory's an actual fact. I ain't gonna bar you to death, but I say it with my heart and my chest. i say Sarah in every part of my breath. S. Call it meditation and trials i'm talking from state to state there's dedication for miles meanwhile it's a celebration of all of us no matter where we go we'll never forget the cause of us round of applause necessary mind and body grow but the spirit is legendary minnesota north carolina the home of the host and if you leave it up to them they'll be doing the most and everybody that comes on i listen to every word because it's probably a story that i never heard Observe as I paint pictures, evaluate the scriptures, translated by mortal men who got it twisted. What if Egyptians never existed? First generation would never be a tradition. My tree of life grew from the concrete. Some of us didn't make it. That forever haunts me. Tribes of Ashanti lost in the Atlantic. Maduna tear visions. I'm wishing for ancient Kemet. Present day living ain't a gift at all. So many slip and fall. Can't predict the corona with several crystal balls. Evolution, of man tell me we got through it. Cooler heads. Prevail while I'm spitting hot fluid, energized by daily reminders to breathe easy out left and right bonders. Let's bring it back to brother Farouk and brother Damon. Guaranteed they'll be debating about some bacon every show. It might sound ridiculous, but these brothers about to take flight like Icarus. They're elevating the mind, refined and shine, divine dialogue, meditation and trial, moving the timeline along. The point of view with a guest is very important. Just remember, you're being recorded. I get through my trials.
1: Yeah. You, 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 you. Welcome to another
2: episode of Trial and Meditation Conversation of the First Generation Y2K I am your co-host Damon S. Trent And the S stands for Savage
1: And this is your other co-host Kim Ness, aka The Better Kim Reporting live from the backwoods in North Carolina Now if you like what you've been hearing on this show today And if you have not already, we invite you to subscribe and support the show.
2: That's right. And if you already subscribe, we appreciate you. But go ahead and leave us a comment or a review and let us know what you think. And then hit that support button too. Facts, what's good, E.B.?
1: Everything is everything.
2: Everything is everything? Everything is everything. I got my pina colada over here. Pina colada. Pina colada. Well, beach. you know what that sound means. That sound right there? And I hope you got yeah, one, because last week right last week you kind of got away without giving us one.
1: Listen, we're going to give you a tip. We're going to give you a tip. You know, that sound means the time of the show. It's called Countdown Chemnets. Nest, is where I give you guys a weekly tip. Now, this segment is brought to you by the family over at Create Safe. So, all right. So today's weekly tip, this is a monthly, yearly tip for happy living.
2: Okay. All
1: right. Okay. So it's going to be a couple of tips, light action. One, you want to be committed. No matter what goals you have set for your life, you have to be committed. All right. People care about you and not your success. You want to be grateful every day. Take action. Remember money can't buy happiness. Um, Always have a backup plan and don't take rejection personally.
2: Okay, all right. That's, that's, and that's your tip for the for the year. That's your tip for the year. Well, we we'll be back with a tip next week, people. But that was a great tip though. Don't, don't take no personally. That's that's a great tip. I mean though they were all great tips on, on things, but don't take no personally is the one that resonates the most with me,
1: if that makes absolutely, any sense. Absolutely, absolutely. Right, so let's get into it. Who are we have on the show today?
2: Well, today, things are gonna get really interesting. You know, we we've had some great shows since the, the, the turn of the new year. And today is going to be another great one. With us today on the show, we have author, an entrepreneur extraordinaire, my brother, and that's our man. Let's give him a round of applause, ladies and gentlemen. Peace to the gods.
3: Peace, Peace
1: to, to the, the gods.
3: gods. Peace to the gods.
1: Yes, sir. Thank you for coming on the show today and taking this time with us. Yes,
3: How's everything going on with you, brother? Oh, man, everything is um, everything is copacetic, you know, maintaining, keeping it moving, not stagnating, given everything that's going on.
2: Given everything that's going on, stagnation yeah. is not the answer right now, people.
3: No, 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 no way.
2: No way. Now, so, brother Anessa,
3: you <laughs> know, yes, it's, it's,
2: it's been a while since I've seen you last, and I know you got a lot going on over there welcoming yeah. a new additions to the family, creating new businesses for yourself. But yep. before we talk about any of your businesses, I, I like to talk about, uh, your books, if that's okay. Okay. All right. And cause I, I noticed that you recently uh, put out a book.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So when did you write your first book? Let's start there.
3: I only have one book.
2: You only have so, one book. Okay.
3: Yeah. Yes. Yeah, there's one book. So that book came out in 2019. February 2019. That's, that's Black Pharaoh, Volume 1. Black Pharaoh, Volume 1. That's,
2: so So that alludes to There will be a Volume 2. Now, what made you want to write a book? And tell us more about the book, Black Pharaoh.
3: All right. So what made me want to write this book? I wasn't thinking about writing it. Okay. My father ran up on me one day and said, well, let me back it up. Before that, he said, he said, you know, you should write a book on, 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 on ancient Egyptian mathematics. Mm. And, you know, I was like, I was like, oh yeah, yeah, that, that'd be interesting. And he, you know, he took me into his library and showed me some ancient Egyptian math and, you know, some of the, the, the papari that, that had the geometry on it and all that. It was intriguing, but it, it, it couldn't break my focus for what I was doing at the, at the, at the moment. So that slipped mm-hmm. away. Then he came back to me a year later, and you know, he said, "You should write a book on on the hieroglyphs, on in ancient Egyptian language." You know, I was like, uh-huh. "You know, that, that's good." I see you are trying to b- bring me into the family trade, and you know, right. And I I, I did want to do it. I just didn't want to do it more than what I was doing at the time.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm.
3: Then he came back to me like maybe two years later and said. You should write a book called CSI Historical Evidence. I was like, hmm. And that, that hit me. I was like, all right, well, well the way the CSI goes is they, they say the place. So it would really be CSI Chemist, not CSI Historical Evidence. You know, historical evidence would be the, the subtitle. Right. So where he was coming from was that the history of ancient Egypt is a crime scene. Mm. You know, like, Like the archaeologist is in there lying about what they're talking what they're finding. So he was like, You should do it like CSI Miami, but the crime is how they telling lies on, you know, the identity of the the, uh, ancient Egyptians. So I was like, Oh, that's that's bad. I like that, you know. So that lit that lit my fire and, you know, I started writing the book and about three years into the project I realized that this, because he said you should approach it from studying the DNA evidence that's been gathered, and so I, I started thinking that I was doing something that was DNA and forensics, you know, clashed with archaeology and history, mm-hmm. and then I realized this the, the the argument belongs to the field of anthropology. Mm. So that just exploded my mind, and I said, oh, I'm writing an anthropology book. This is an anthropology book. So it lengthened my time. I wound up spending 10 years writing the book. Wow. Wow. And, you know, somewhere along the way, I decided, you know, the name, you know, CSI, came in, that that's a working title, and, you know, the way I wanted to really hit the world, you know, would be Black Pharaoh. So I came with that name, Black Pharaoh.
2: That's what's and up. And you know what I, I'm i listening to your story, right?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And you know me. Just like I know you, right? Yeah. And so I'm listening yeah. to you tell me the story about your father came to you the first time. Mm-hmm. Nah, I'm not I'm not really interested. You came to you the second time. Nah, I'm not really interested, right? Mm-hmm. And, but on the third time you was like, oh, that's that's the one right there, right?
3: Yeah.
2: Now this is just stay with me for a second. Right. Because if, if you let somebody else tell the story that wasn't raised the way that we were raised, right. It would go mm-hmm. like, they would say, Oh, that was three strikes and you're out. <laughs> right? That's what they would say. It was, they were three strikes and you're out. Right. But I, I heard right. the story a different way.
3: Yeah.
2: Right. I heard the story and all I could think of was that was the third time that he told you and then, and then into your story, watch this though. Cause you said three and a half years later. Right. Mm. So it's threes all over the place, and the only thing I could think of was Sebek, and I, I don't know if that's you know a, a dominant theme in in the book or if that worked out in how it worked out in your life, but I just saw like you know a, a Sebek thing happening, which was just w- we're really weird to me. I, I don't know, and I do apologize for going off on a tangent here,
3: but you you, you 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 just did something right there. That's 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 interesting because Sebek is is one half of my destiny reading. Okay. Open the book with the image of Sebek. Like you know, when you open that book, the first thing that hits you, Sebek is seven, sitting there. Like um, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna come through Sebek first. you gonna open the way for what you're about to
2: get into. He's about to open the way.
3: That's that's that. He just pop in the book.
2: Definitely, definitely. That that's super dope. So now you said that you didn't really want to write the book, right?
3: It's not that I didn't. I actually wanted to. I did okay. want to. But it it, it didn't. Like you know, once I got into it, I had to I had to non exist for a minute. Mm-hmm. Like socially, I like I really went into like a um, a lab. Like for real, like I was like I rented an office in Manhattan on 39th Street between Fifth and Sixth, and there was like three super dope hotels on the block that just had constant nightlife. So, like, any mm-hmm. given night, um, weeknight, I'm looking out of the window at a sea of people going to, like, this hotel to make it to the rooftop party. So there's this this whole entire social world happening outside and I'm in this office alone at, like, 1 in the morning, writing mm-hmm. for, like, years. So, mm-hmm. so backing up, I I was interested in the book, but I I just wasn't ready to go into the lab like that, to go underground and take on that kind of book.
2: Oh, that's what's up. Now, without giving uh, too much of the book away, right? Mm -hmm. Because we do want the people to go out and read the book, don't we? I mean, I believe. believe All the way. All the way, right? And so (laughs) did you find out anything... I, I mean surprising and when I say surprising like something that that you weren't prepared to find am I making any sense like I don't know if I'm making any sense like I mean I'm sure that the book tells us stuff that we're familiar with but like like wasn't anything crazy in there like I don't know Chinese people came from Africa too I, I don't I don't know I'm just I'm just asking <laughs>
3: Yeah, there was a lot of things that were, like, mind-blowing. Gotcha. You know, man, where do I start with that? Like, I have a list of things that are, like, brand new. Because I, I had some people, like, when I was on the journey, I had some people say, but don't, don't, don't we have books like that already? Like, you know, like, proving that the ancient Egyptians' DNA was black. Like, I, I, I feel like, you know, I heard people say, I feel like somebody already did that. <laughs> and it, it seems that way, but it actually... Uh, you know never happened the person who came close to it was shaked ja. okay, but but he didn't you know the DNA technology and information wasn't available at the time and but I did find brand new things inside the study now interestingly you said you know Chinese from Africa now one of the things I did find was there are some People with 60,000 year old Chinese DNA that look blacker than all three of us put together, all the melanin we have put together, these people are like triple black with like peasy hair. Wow. They live in the Indo-Chinese peninsula. I've, I've discovered new things about anthropology that are not really being discussed in the field of anthropology. You know, one, one thing that is in, like, all of the conversations on a collegiate level is this concept that there's no such thing as race and that race is a social construct. <laughs> and so what I, what I just, one thing I discovered was a way to explain that that's different from either side of the argument. So one side of the argument is race does not exist. And then there's other people in the antiquated sense who believe that race exists, and I discovered a, a third explanation. Wow. Um, all right,
1: well, shoot. Let's Listen, I'm interested. No, no, okay. no, no. We, uh, okay, I'm listening. I'm sorry.
3: No, nah, I mean, you you want to go in there? You want to say hi? I mean, why you um,
1: are, I, no? Why you why you already on the subject? Let's just go straight to
3: it. All right, I can make it brief, right? So I'll do it like this. So, on the on the on the a real thing side, the argument and against it is true that the, the whole concept of it was created in Germany by racist Nazis, right during World War, one, right. So this this whole theory of racing, and and shop is the German word for it, was created. Basically, the German the Germans captured a whole lot of black people and Indians and all of that and had them in these human zoos and was taking photographs of them and creating all of these propagandist theories about, you know, who these people were that the German white people had never seen before. Right. So these are eight men, these are this, these are that, these are that. And so the idea of race and anthropology was born in the classic German school, you know, studying people. So in that sense, yeah, race was just totally created by, Rudolf Virchow and all of these like German, you know, social scientists from a couple hundred years ago, and then on the other side of the argument, you have these new mind, new science people who are like, race doesn't exist, and you know, we're all one, and the human race is the only real race, and everybody is African. My answer to that is like, um, no, everybody is not African. There's an anthropological specificity that 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 cleans that up you know everybody is not African everybody is not African nearly in the same way so <clears throat> what you have are you have you have multiple lines of evolution of pre-homo sapien man coming out of Africa right so Rwanda the clock 200,000 years ago you're gonna have, a a man-like being that's not homo sapien yet. There's one thing that defines a homo sapien. You talk. Mm -hmm. So linguistic intelligence is the definitive, that's what puts the sapien in homo sapien, right? Sapien means wise, but wise specifically linguistically, Mm -hmm. right? So what leaves Africa and goes into Europe or the Eurasian supercontinent, is a non-linguistically intelligent standing-up thing, okay? Not a homo sapien. So not a modern human being leaving Africa and going into Europe. Now, this is way before history starts. This is prehistory, right? So these animal-like, man-like creatures leave Africa and move up there to those places then way longer right at the at the 90,000 year ago point that's when linguistic intelligence give, is born in 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 the mind of of man and that and that happens in africa only 90,000 years ago african two-legged creatures started talking to each other now the When it comes to race, what I say is that I'm not all the way with race exists and I'm not all the way with race doesn't exist, but there is a difference between African descendants and everybody else. You can't find the anthropological difference between a Chinese and an Indian in deep prehistory, but between Africans and everybody else, there is a difference. And what that difference is, is 60,000 years of linguistic intelligence because at the 30,000 year ago mark these talking two-legged african homo sapiens that I call afro sapiens they then leave africa and go and mate with the not homo sapiens yet people in eurasia to give birth to non-african homo sapiens the first non-African homo sapiens happened 30,000 years ago. So, the only thing that we can call race is the difference of a biogeographically isolated early man who was talking, who is is today 90,000 years old, and everybody else on the planet is 30,000 years linguistically intelligent. So, biogeography times time is the only thing that gives any validity to race. We was tropical African and speaking for 90,000 years. Eurasians were speaking for 30,000 years. So that's the, uh, you know, that's the difference. That's one of the things that are discussed in there. Wow,
2: that's, that's deep. Now, I'm, I'm interested in, to get your opinion on that. Yeah. Because people that talk about there not being any race, right? Mm-hmm. Are, are are they pushing that conversation to say that we should all get along or are they saying that we all equal? I don't understand like what's their what's their agenda behind people saying that there's there isn't any race. I'm just I'm just curious right now. I'm playing devil's advocate as it would be as well.
3: Right. <clears throat> I believe that the anthropological information is highly specialized information that people don't have. So all, if all you have is the German idea of race, there's nothing else in popular education. What I'm speaking out of is like a super elite graduate school textbook. Uh, this is not in any in undergraduate course, and undergraduate programs don't deal with this. So you're not going to. Nobody's going to counter argue with that kind of material. Right. You know, anthropologists in the world are a tiny little group. You know. So what they say and what they Study firsthand does not make it into the more popular social science lectures, but I believe that I believe that you know when you seek to er eradicate the negative racial division, you're on point because we're supposed to evolve towards being able to get along. I just think when you're grown up, you don't have to have a problem with there being different. I have no, I, I have no. You just have to be mature enough to listen. I'm an African. You're a European. Don't act like we don't we don't have a difference. Let's just be mature about the difference. Right. I can I can fully respect you, but I don't have to lie and say that there's no difference. There is a difference.
2: There, there's a huge difference, and and I don't think that there's anything wrong with acknowledging the differences, right? So I right. was uh, talking to the kids the other day, and they and they mm-hmm. asked me. They said, uh, "Dad, what's prejudice mean?" Right. And I, I you know I started telling them. Is just when you prejudge something, you know, just the, the simplest form of it, right? And he was like, "What you mean?" And I was like, oh, "This is simple. Like, if you see a tall person, you assume they play basketball, just because they're tall, <laughs> right?" And they was like, "Oh, oh I, I got it." And and the point that I'm making is this: that that we're all in some way prejudiced, or we prejudge other people, right? And and I, yeah. I think that those differences can bring us together. I don't even know if I'm making sense because I really feel like if something is different about you, you can teach me more than I could teach you if we're we're exactly the same. Does that make any sense? I don't know. Totally. I I don't know. I mean, that's just where I'm at in life. I
3: mean, yeah, those those differences color life. Right.
2: I'm glad we agree,
3: but people say, I don't, I don't see color. I, I say, I'm sorry to hear that. I, I, love, I love the difference. You know what I'm saying? I, I like the difference. I love the difference. I, I grew up being attracted to cultural difference. You know what I mean? Like I, I grew up loving like the Brooklyn Italian. You know what, mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, shoot about it. Like, hey, Marty, like, what are, you doing? what are you doing? Like, I had to go to college to learn that there's beef between Italians and black people. Like I, you know, I grew up just liking, like, you know, I grew up liking the Puerto Ricans and Dominicans. I had to learn later. that There's, there's a big difference. <laughs> the beef between, you know what I'm saying? Blacks and, and Latinos on Rikers Island and, and between Dominicans and Haitians down in the islands and all of this stuff. I'm learning that through education.
2: Y'all made this but, mistake one time. Yeah. I called the Dominican chip Puerto Rican. I, well, no.
1: Oh my god! Yo, listen. How I'm, I'm supposed to know that you're not the Puerto Rican chick? I mean, that's 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 like uh, Dominicans and Haitians on the same <laughs> little piece of an island and are completely different worlds.
3: Yeah, I just I just developed the ability to, to tell the difference between Puerto Rican and Dominican just all face value. Oh wow.
2: Yeah, it's funny because that yeah. used to be my line. I used to tell people. I'm Dominican baby. That's why I used to say. <laughs> Chicks, I'm, I'm Dominican, baby. Do you know what I mean? No, I don't I don't Go speak ahead. any Spanish either. But Inessa side
3: It's Damon.
2: Ah man, we're gonna talk about names later because, oh my goodness. But listen though, Vanessa. In addition <laughs> to the books, or the book <laughs> rather, right? Mm-hmm. I do remember that you used to make jewelry. Are you are you still with the jewelry?
3: I'm still with the jewelry. The jewelry has risen to forefront now. This year, um, starting January, you know, like, I, I moved that up to, like, front slot. Mm. I was keeping it. It was, like, the book was project number one, and the jewelry was always, like, that's something I would get to. So, like, just just it, me even doing it at all was really just to keep it alive for um, the people in the society that that use it for their ritual purposes. You know, after Shekin Raya passed, again, my father came to me and like, hey, you should do the jewelry, you should do the talisman. So I went to GIA, Gemological Institute of America, you know, bagged up a little certificate and started doing that mostly, primarily for people that use talismans in their rituals. Got you. As of January of this year, is something that I'm doing as a for the public, you know, kind of thing.
2: Okay, so that means that you're, are, are, so I don't know, are you still making Uchats or are you not making Uchats? So we don't call them that anymore my
3: two Uch, old school. Uch, Uchat pendants, Uchat rings, I got baby Uchats, I got, I'm coming with the Uchat belt buckle. Mm. You
0: know,
3: all, all, all Uchat everything.
2: That's, that's what's up, all Uchat everything, I, I love it. I think I'm going to have to place an order
1: for myself. Tell us what the website is where people can take a look at the the products. Because I've I've been on there, and, you know, you definitely come with some new uh, stuff. (laughs) There's definitely, you know, shout out to Shechem Ryer for definitely keeping, you know, the, the jewelry alive in the community. But now you're kind of taking that to another level with, you know, 2020 vibes, you know what I mean. I saw the the seated, the seated. I I don't know how you what you called it, but the it was the the the, the seated pose or something like that.
3: Yeah, the meditator.
1: The meditator.
3: Yeah. But then that's yeah. like a head
1: shout out that website though,
2: bro.
3: The website is osaria Oseria, a u s a r i a dot com. Osaria dot com. I'm on Instagram, you know forward slash osaria. I'm on Facebook.
2: And they could just and the people can order right there online. Check out my man ASA uh, Osaria please, because uh, you know y'all need that Uch. I, I definitely, absolutely. I definitely. I haven't had one in.
1: Whew. You gotta get the. You gotta get the man. This I used to talk about getting the the, the truck jewelry, <laughs> the big the big truck jewelry Uch piece.
3: Yeah, and Session has a truck Uch. Oh, he mm. did get what? He got a, he
2: got a, a truck. U-chat. That's dope. You know what? You know what I think is really dope though, is because mm-hmm. at, a, it, it, at a time and I'm speaking for myself, I'm not going to put anybody else out there. Right. I wouldn't have even considered rocking the u
3: okay. <laughs> <yeah, I'm> ready? <laughs> right.
2: Mm-hmm. But I think it's dope that him session. i go ahead and got the truck. Julia, one. I think that's. I think that's a says a lot for for where spirituality
1: is at nowadays. Mm-hmm. Am I making yeah. that sense? It, it, yeah. You're right. I mean, it, it's it's kind of weird. Like, I, I was somewhere recently, and a, a Caucasian gentleman had a tattoo of a Uchat. Wow. Well, they they don't call it a Uchat, but had a tattoo of a Uchat right on his arm.
3: Yeah, they, they call it.
2: They call <laughs> it. They call the, but they call it the "ass because the eye, of, the eye of Horus. Yeah. So this one,
3: <laughs> I I believe, I, I I sincerely believe, like I really, I, I'm not exaggerating. I believe I was the first person to get a uchad tattoo. I I do believe that.
2: Mm. Okay. So so let's uh let's talk about that for a second. Because well, I have mine. I, I also have one as well.
3: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I got a I think mine was
1: '94 maybe. I
2: got
3: '94. Well I was seven I was seventeen, I got
1: mine in ninety four down in Virginia. Mm. Yeah. So, so you so you definitely you
2: definitely predate mine. But here's here's a funny story about that, right? I get cool. mine. And this ignorant guy says, uh, yo, why you got a backwards R on your arm, bro? I said, nigga, did you just really say that out loud? A backwards R, bro. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> backwards
1: R. You ain't getting no tip. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you ain't getting
2: okay. much of nothing. But listen though, what we gonna do right here. Let's take a quick commercial yep. break. Listen to what yep. our sponsors got to say. And we're going to get back to it. Go. After these messages, we'll be right back. All right, all right. Welcome, welcome back. We're still here chopping it up with my brother, Anensa Amen. Now, E. Yo. If I talk about the time when I was raised in a society,
3: yeah. I'm,
2: I'm going to always say <laughs> that my name is Kemwa Walters. That it is. That it is. And Kemnes would be Kemnes Oksebe of the Oksebes, as that would be.
3: hmm
1: That's right. And, and that's the name that I use most often. But, Brother Ninsa, I know that you have another name that you, you know, came in the world with. If you could tell us what your name is for the people that may not know who you are, who gave you that name and what does it mean?
3: Okay. All right, so Are we going there? Okay, let's go there.
2: I'm listening.
3: Yeah, I was I was born, Adio Ayatoro Strong, mm. and that 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 name was given to me by my father, who at the who at the time's name was Rogelio Alcides Strong,
1: brother brother Ra,
3: brother Ra, Broad, Broadway Reg.
1: Listen, listen, listen. <laughs> Y'all get <the> <laughs> oh, you ain't
3: know about that. Hold oh, no. on! Oh, 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 you ain't know. you ain't about that. <laughs> Broadway Red, brother. What? Before, oh, Broadway, God. before Brother Rock, there was the Maestro, Broadway Red. What? So, you know, so my father was in Panama, and the it was there was a coup. There was the people were shooting out with the cops. Oh. They were, Panama City High School, locked in, barricaded, forded in. He was like in the parking lot on his way out of school. <clears throat> Him and his man was ducking behind a car. His man popped his head up to look and his head exploded. He had gotten shot before the ran into the high school. They was barricaded in there for like three days. Long story short, you know, he came to America. He was living in bed Went to boys high school before it merged into Boys and Girls. He went to mm-hmm. Boys High School. And he was a musical genius. He went to Manners College of Music. You know, like the two top, the Harvard and Yale of music is um, Manners and, and Juilliard. He went to Manners. He dropped out three and a half years in because they couldn't teach him anything. So but in the in, in Bed Star they they called him the Maestro, right? He was a concert pianist as, as a child. And so he 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 was on Broadway, he was doing musical arrangements, you know, he, he was the, the person that that strummed out the the tune for it's a thin line between love and hate. Right. You know, down in the basement with those guys and you know, they, they was like, Yo, Rob, you know, do a melody you take the melody. And they go, oh, that's that's hitting, man, and they, they ran with it. And then he and then he, he ran into Sun Ra from Sun Ra Orchestra and Sun Ra put him on to the E J. And he did an of reading on his destiny, and he said you need to go into spirituality. Blah 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 blah. And you know, so years later, you know. Wow, that's that's, that's really interesting.
2: But hey, we getting off the topic, bro. Because. Lord, way, way,
1: way. that's like Detroit Red. That's
2: like <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> that's not that's a little bit above our pay grade. We want to talk to <laughs> Brother Adio Strong, if that's okay,
3: right? Right. And Brother Rod named named his first. Well, he named me Adio Strong, Adio Ayatoro.
2: So, so what does adio mean, if you know?
3: So, so adio is ideal. Right, so deal is God. Ah, So adio means go with God. Mm. Ideal, and ayatoro means um the conquering power of love.
2: Go with God with the conquering power of love. That's dope. Yeah, that's what's up. So, so that is your birthday, adio strong, and it's funny. All right, so let me ask you this question: Does anybody? In our circle, ever call you that?
3: In our circle?
2: Yeah, in our circle, just in our immediate circle, because I can't think of one person that would. But I, now that I think about it, I probably can. Now that I, I, well,
3: I-, I, have a, I have a I have a permanent brain tattoo of the um, Amare girls calling me the Adios. <laughs> <laughs> they it, it, with them it was "adio," "adio," "adio." I get hear they knew saying that all the time. Yeah, Renick was the they, they knew was the lead singer of the day. Uh, that was like when I went to 555
2: <laughs> oh my goodness and you, I can see the, them idiots doing it that's hilarious but now Inesah is there yeah. more to, to your Kemetic name or is it just Inesah
3: Amen no so it's um Ankh Ma'am okay that's the whole and, and what does
2: Anissa. that name mean
3: so <clears throat> Inesah means submit to wisdom and live truth Ankh Ma'am means live truth the one who submits to wisdom and lives truth.
2: That's what's up. Now we we talked a little bit about your father, but you know, for the people that might not know, and I don't know who those people are, right? For the four people that might not know who your father is, right? Mm-hmm. Please tell us who your father is.
3: My father is a Ra Men, known in the Sur set as Shechem Shechem, also known as Hashem or Ashemu. Known as Odeniho Asham or or Ashamu in the Akan state of Ghana, he was also installed by um, I didn't know that the Santahini of Ghana. Yeah, so that's what's
2: up, man. So, talk about your mother and your siblings and your whole great big family right quick. Well, not it's not even gonna be right quick because that's like, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) that's not a right quick conversation.
3: Yeah, my mother is, you know, Ottawa period, Ottawa, Minnesota. You know, that's my mo. Amy Alva Greenwood. You know, walking in heaven at this time. Yes, sir. She she was the she was the cornerstone of the Amen family and also the cornerstone of the school we all went to. The first, at school,
2: absolutely, With all of
3: our teachers, mother, the whole the whole the whole operation, and then. You know my siblings. You know there's there's 15 of us.
2: Oh. You know you said 15. All right, before <clears throat> don't start yet because you said 15, right? And I'm I'm gonna try to see if I could. I'm gonna see the number no, that no, I got. Only, no, I'm gonna see the number that I got in my that. head. I'm not gonna say any names, right? Because I'm gonna just say the number to see what I got in my head, and then you can educate me about the rest of them, right?
3: Hold
2: on. Mm-hmm. Uh, hold on. I, I, I forgot to start counting. <laughs>
3: <laughs> actually I'm sorry it's 14 actually it's 14. So you probably don't know half of that
2: so is he suggested I, I'm suggesting that it's more than half because hold on a second yeah I I yeah so go I only I'm not even gonna tell you the number I came on I'm not
3: even, right
2: it's not even close to 14. I'm sorry
3: yeah. So what? What now? You want me to name them? Yes, please. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. So, all right. So his, his son- <laughs> you gotta think about <laughs> him. His first, his first one. There's two sons before me. I don't know if y'all mm. ever met. All right. So before me, there was Quan and Quayson. Got you.
2: Are they like, twins? Yeah. Or are they just two older brothers? Nah. Okay.
3: Yeah, they two. Older brother, separated by like a year. Chinese twins or whatever they call that. Got you. <clears throat> and then, so I, I, I'm like the oldest child in the Amen family. So, 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 then there's me, there's Mbeka, then there's Sunemet, Osetwa. My name's Osetwa Nensa, mm. the
0: one.
3: You have Haitian the Och Marie Shamsu Benobe Metitere. And then you have, you know, then my uh, younger brothers uh, in a Kent. Now, wow, all those girls.
1: All those girls. <laughs> but oh, listen, though, let's just, talk like about Kenty for a boys. second. boys.
3: Like- <laughs> yeah. How, how many are-
2: years between you and Kenty is it? Because he's super young. Yes or yes?
3: Kenty is super young. Um, yeah, I'm like... Yeah.
1: Yeah, let's look at that
3: He It was a baby at my college graduation.
1: Right. Seven <laughs> <laughs> was, was was staying young by continuously starting over with young kids.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, starting over. It's, it's, it's that's crazy. like Daruba.
1: <laughs> like Daruba just
2: had a baby. Yeah, Daruba just out, had a baby, yeah.
3: Get out of town. Wow. <laughs>
2: exactly. Yeah.
1: yeah.
2: I think I don't even want to talk about. Yeah, it. Yeah, I'm
1: not starting over. Yet. Yeah, I'm I'm, not, I'm, I'm, done. I'm done. Like I don't. Yeah, yeah, sir. Once mm-hmm. you stop, once you stop paying daycare, it's, 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 yeah, it's a wrap. <laughs> after that, you'll never want to do that again.
2: <laughs> oh man, we we never did daycare, right? We did Pampers though. That was the worst for me. Like nigga, we mm. gotta buy. Two sets of Pampers every time. Like we had to buy like sixty.
1: Oh, oh, and you had twins. <laughs> man. Oh man, it
2: was it was horrible, yeah. bro. But I digress, though. Yeah. Well, listen, though, Nessa, like, you know uh, on this show, yeah. uh, you 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 suggested that not even suggested, but you said that she was the cornerstone, and your mom was one of the people that we had a lot of respect for coming up. Mm-hmm. And Chem Ness <laughs> said that she was even killed all of the time. Like, even when she was, I guess, yelling at us, she was still even killed, right?
3: Yep. At home as well. Yep.
2: This is what I want to know. Because this mm-hmm. is what, I, I'm, I have to be quite honest with you. Mm-hmm. And and I have a tremendous amount of respect for your mother. But she had, like, the longest libation ever, brother.
3: <laughs> oh, absolutely. Abs- <laughs> no, this is just like... You get a good night's sleep the night before.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So I want to know, like, when you pour libation at home, was it that long as well, or did she give you a bridge version at home, or did she still go all in?
3: Mm, We didn't really pour libation that much at home, or when they was doing like home rituals, I wasn't really in those. So I never had the experience of her pouring a long libation at home.
2: No, but we we all had that experience together.
3: Yeah.
2: Now, Anessa, on this show, we, we talk about how it was growing up, right? Right. And we, we're we going to talk about how it was when you went from the society school to college in a second.
3: Yeah. But mm-hmm.
2: I I, I want to talk about elementary school for a second because mm-hmm. when you, and this is just my belief, and I'm not saying that this is how it was. I'm saying that this is how it was set up to be. Right, I I believe that because you were the king's son, it was set up for you to be separate from us. Okay, but I don't Mm -hmm. believe that it was. Mm
3: -hmm. Right,
2: I believe that you was with us. Right, like I, and I could be one thousand percent wrong. Right, I I feel like when we was grinding, you was grinding with us. Right, and so Mm -hmm. when we had Thembeka on the show, Thembeka suggested that it was uncomfortable sometimes because people didn't want to associate with her because she was the King's daughter. Okay. Right. Did you have that same experience or was it different for you?
3: So, so, so the thing, the perspective on that is that, you know, boy children are different from girl children. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so it's like, if, you know, if, if there was any kind of shade or, or any kind of polarization or anything like that, that's just like coming out of natural childhood, human nature. Right. And I feel like to me that might've been like a pitch that I dodged, like mm. or a bar that I ducked under, like, like, whoops, miss me. <laughs> I'm doing what I'm doing. Like, right. I, I really didn't, I never had a chance to compute that.
0: Mm -hmm. all
3: I can remember is jokes but being a boy child I wasn't at home like that so how does that manifest like I'm like you know like Kness you remember like it was like a period of of our life where there wasn't Oxum suit or Kness or Ninsha it was like Oxum suit, Kness and Ninsha right it's like I lived at their house you know what I mean? Like, I was at... Like, I literally... When I was living in Brooklyn, I was probably at their house, like, four nights a week, and at mine, three.
2: Mm.
3: So, like, whatever they was doing, that's what I was doing. And then before I was rolling with Oakland King and like that, it was like me and Suresh. And then before it was me and Suresh, it was like me and Olusha I knew Kenny New. And, you know, so I was always like... You know what I mean? Like just moving around. I never, I never sat there and I could. Re- I remember some better, like being hurt by some of the, you know, some of that kind of stuff. But I never really, I never really felt it. I, I was just too focused on just moving. And yeah, around.
2: I, I mean, and I, I just thought you was one of the guys, and I, and I could be, off base here, but that's just how it was, was for me. And I appreciate you for being who you were, right? But listen, yeah. so. Did you go to college? Because yeah. you did say you graduated college. So that's a stupid question. Of course you went to college. Uh, what college did you go to?
3: Hampton University.
2: Oh, you went to the fake, I mean, the real HU, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, <man. laughs> no, but listen, listen, though. So what was it like for you going from the society school to college? Or did you go to public school? Because I, I, I don't know.
3: No, I didn't go to public, school. I graduated from the Saraset School. And because unlike most everybody else that went to the School with us, like everybody, almost everybody else went to public school for high school and had like that bridge into the outer world, outside of the set bubble early. Mm-hmm. And for me, you know, my only touching that was like visiting my cousins in East New York you know and you know things like that and then getting getting to college going straight to college being like that first real immersion it was like you know there was there was more build-up you know so college the college experience for me was more of an explosion like there was a atomic bomb explosion <laughs> cloud. you know if you look in some satellite view you know so i went out there and like really like let loose went wild for a minute.
2: But you graduated though, so you had to, you had to like rein it in, right?
3: Year Year one got kicked out and then had to be readmitted and, mm. then, and all of
2: that. Wait, and so then. so let's let's stay on year one for a second. <laughs> so I want the T? No, I don't want the I I don't want you to divulge too much information because it sounds like you had a lot of fun that first year.
3: Yes. Yes. Ballistic, yeah.
2: Now looking yeah. back on, on that because. I believe you're supposed to go to college and have some fun, right?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Would you have done things? Of course you would have done things differently, but like, is there like one thing that you could think of what, from your time, that first year that you'd be like, damn, that's the thing right there that kind of messed me up.
3: I, oh. I, I, enjoy, I enjoy all of the, like, all the looks <laughs> and like all of the mishaps and, you know what I mean? Like they—they they was all like positive. Like you know, it was mm. like negatives that like, were actually positive. You know what I mean? They, they just, yeah. Um, that was up. So okay. I want
2: to—I want to look back for a second though, because I—I yeah. want to kind of get a timeline for this, right? Yeah. Because nineteen ninety-seven, I think it was. Ah, let's say maybe ninety-six-ish. I don't know.
1: First year. First year. I already know what you're going to talk about.
2: <laughs> but this is kind of dope, though. This is kind of dope what I'm going to talk about, right? Ninety. Mm-hmm. Which, you tell me fast. What year is it? It might have
1: been 97, 98, something like that. 97, 98. Might even be 97, 98,
2: right? Mm-hmm. I'm in the middle, no, not. We're in the middle of South Carolina, right? Mm-hmm. And we run into you in the middle of South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? I, I have pictures of that. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I was just looking at the picture the other day, right? And I thought mm. that was uh, super awesome to see you spreading your wings because you was with your crew doing your right. thing, right? Was that yeah. your first year? That's 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 the way the question is going. Was that your first year or was that after you got readmitted to, uh, to the, to the I university? I started in 94. Mm, so that's after you got readmitted. Nice. Nice. Yeah.
1: So what's up? Yeah. And I can say one thing, you know, you know, just to go back on, you know, that transition from, you know, a sales set to, you know, college, you know, cause me and this, I was in the same class, you know, I believe, yeah, left the same time. That one thing that kind of helped me transition was going to an HBCU, mm. you know what I mean? So, you know, coming from a sales set, which was a, you know, a black institution, and going to, you know, a bigger black institution was very, very, you know, helpful for me. You know, they weren't, you know, didn't have all the, the cultural, you know, things that we grew up with. But going to an HBCU in the South was was definitely, you know, good for my transition. I'm I'm almost sure it was the same for Nessa because it was, you know, you seeing the same type of people, you know, people that you. And then a lot of people from New York had came down south to these HBCUs. So it was definitely, you know, easier transition rather than going into a, you know, predominantly white institution.
2: Facts. That's what's up. So, Anissa, when you got to Hampton, you graduated and then on, you went on, you came back to Brooklyn or did you stay out in VA? Like, you know, the rest of us or some of us stayed out in their respective cities.
3: Yeah, I lived lived in Virginia for maybe a year, and then I moved back to um, to Brooklyn.
2: That's what's up now. While you were away in college, Mm -hmm. did you change your dietary habits?
3: Yeah. Mm, okay. I'm I'm sorry? I had to. I mean, Virginia is, you know, you ain't going to the health food store in Virginia. You're
2: not going to the health food store in Virginia because uh, it's probably like 50 miles away. Right, from the closest city, but that that is what it is, so did you try meat? Did you try? I mean, I don't know what was what was it like for you?
3: yeah, I was obviously eating meat. you
2: was eating meat, so so this is what the people so, want to know and answer
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah why are you always laughing, bro? Are you always laughing <laughs> always, it's not even funny bro. no I mean, just I'm just saying because the people want to know, right, and that's how the people want to know. Right. Is bacon or is bacon delicious?
3: Oh, man. Couldn't tell you. You
2: couldn't tell me. Okay, okay. Not a problem. How about this, though? Yeah. How about a nice, juicy steak? Couldn't tell you that either. Couldn't tell you that either. Okay, so... Oh, you like fried chicken? Fried fish? Absolutely. Fried, fried fish?
3: Nah, uh, uh, chicken. Fried chicken. chicken. Listen, yeah,
2: that that. I'm sorry. To I just say I am like you. I'm a walking stereotype. I was... I was thinking about this the other day. You know that line, that KRS-One line where he says mm-hmm. uh, something like, all all my people are drug-selling, eat fried chicken and watermelon or something like that. I don't know exactly what he says, but he says something like that. And mm-hmm. I'm thinking about that line while I'm watching my son eat a big piece of watermelon and some fried chicken. I was
1: like,
2: God damn <laughs> <laughs> You so black, boy. You, you just don't even know, man. That's that's what's up. That's what's up. Now listen to this, sir. Yeah. On this show. Mm-hmm. And 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 ah, this is a great show. You know why this is a great show? It's a great show because we have an S I on the show. But it's a great show because this is one time where we can really hate on the Kings. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, uh, we can really we can really get it out right now because we don't have any anybody infiltrating us. But no, that was one of the greatest times of of our life. You know, communally, I guess, as it Run would be
1: basketball career. With the, the kings world. and the
2: chiefs, right? And just to Absolutely. let the people know, unless I was also a chief.
3: Uh, yep.
2: So he he fills our, our pain uh, mm-hmm. when we talk about that. But do you have a favorite uh, story from that time, Seth Walimow? Relate to tell any anything that you want to share with the people, right quick.
3: Oh man! Oh man! Seth yeah. Walimow. First of all, man, he was just like he—he was—he was, he was out our, you know, like he—he he was the definitive Alpha Male for us. I really do believe that the Alpha Male part of all of us came from the Tough Wallimon.
1: Before, before he even knew what an Alpha Male was,
3: <laughs> that, that, that it comes. You know what I'm saying? It, it comes from that. It comes from him. You know, a tough. What we—he—he he used to take us to these basketball. He he took us to this 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 spot out in Connecticut. We played mm-hmm. beach fun or something.
1: Absolutely.
3: We was like all sitting like by the van in the parking lot, eating maybe Big Franks or something like that. What's my favorite story though? Um, man, it's it's hard. It's a lot of notes. I remember like I I, I could say that one interesting moment was creating the first. Uniform shirts that we had with with and Maya in the basement of 801 D Street. Right?
1: Mm. Yes, sir.
3: Ah, it was me and Chef Maya in the basement pressing up those first tees that we had. I here.
1: remember. Wow. I remember. With, I didn't know the, that.
3: With one coat of silk screen, one that the, the silk screen was all like you could see the fabric in, underneath it. That's people mm. learned about underlays and all of that. Mm-hmm. So those first shirts, we pressed those up in the basement, you know. And then I, I remember times when, um, you know, they had us booked on like the scrimmage schedule of like the other schools. And there's one school we went to out in the side, and We whooped them guys, and they tried to jump us outside. We, you know, those
1: are the days.
3: You know, for for a period of time, we would after like basketball practice, we would just travel through the street almost as numerous as the practice was. Mm-hmm. Just by virtue of that, we attracted you know a couple of invitation le- letters for mom, um, you know, a few general gentlemen, you know, called Decepticons. And, you know, that was a once upon a time kind of thing. Yeah, you know, so it was it was a very colorful time those days.
2: It was it was it was a really interesting time. And see, early I was talking about it because I was there with you, right? Yeah. And you was yeah. there with us, and we was it wasn't like it was two separate people. It was, it was it was one unit, and I think that was how we how we kind of grew up. But listen, on that side, right?
0: Yeah.
2: Another time that we also talk about on here because I I do remember.
1: <laughs> how, how how do I always read your mind? I already know where you gonna go.
2: <laughs> oh, no, but listen though, no, listen though, right. because you're so silly, that's why. But listen though, and as uh, do you remember when we thought we attended Hofstra University?
3: <laughs> Saying that metaphorically because we stayed up on the campus, mm-hmm.
2: as, as much as the people that were there, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir,
3: and, uh, yes, I remember that.
2: And those were. I have, some... I have pictures of that. You have pictures of that too. Oh <laughs> yes, uh, man, you holding out on the pictures, bro. Send some, some, some,
1: some, some of those fair. my way. Ah, i
3: have <laughs> Yeah, there was, there was, there was like three different dimensions to our existence at Hofstra. One dimension was the basketball. Another dimension was when it comes to me and rest was like the little dance battle kind of thing. And mm-hmm. the other. Dimension was like a, a-
2: <coughs> Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. Something was caught in my throat. It was.
1: It was. It
2: was tickling in my throat. Damn. I'm it so sorry,
3: pass- folks. <laughs> <was most> <laughs> oh, no,
2: nah, you guys. Uh, you know what I love about this podcast, right? Is because we get to come on here. And I do a lot of clowning and, and, you know, that's just in my nature, but we get to come on here and we get to show our relationship with the people. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. like this, I can tell you this for sure. You ready for this? Yeah. Kenty doesn't even know who I am. Right. Mm. If he was standing next to me on the subway, he wouldn't know who I was (laughs)
3: like
2: standing right next to me. Right. Right. So I'm saying that he doesn't know that you're my friend. And and vice versa for for me and you, you know what I'm saying? So this, I think this podcast gives the people a good opportunity to see how we really get down with each other, even though we don't see each other often, which is a super dope. Right. Mm -hmm. But last week though, and then, so I checked this out. We had uh, Jamoke Davis.
3: Jamoke. Nah, see, I knew
2: you knew that guy, right? So, and we were talking about uh, the retreats and how that was uh, some of the best times for us coming up.
3: Yes.
2: Would you agree to that assessment as well?
3: The retreats was like that that was life, man. I lived
1: <laughs> that was life. But
3: it was like the retreats was life and then, you know, I lived, you know, eleven months in between just, right. <laughs> just to get back to the retreats, man.
2: Now we had Brother Akil from Ohio on the show as well.
3: Right? Brother. Oh, oh, okay. I, I thought um I thought you meant I kill No, no, not him. Nah, nah, nah. He's uh okay. he's uh
2: international right now. But came on the show and he told us some crazy stuff. You ready for okay. this? Yeah. He told us. This is what he told us. He said that they was at the retreat
3: mm-hmm.
2: light burning it down. That's what they was doing. Okay. Right?
3: Yep.
2: Now, we did a lot of things at the retreat, but I don't think we even were <laughs> <laughs> prepared to do anything. Of that nature.
1: That, yeah,
2: yeah. I, I don't think so, right? Right. What's the craziest thing that you did at the retreat that you could talk about? Did you Did you hear the last part?
3: Yeah, I did. Um, that you could talk about. Yes, sir. Yeah. So let's let's go with that one. You can go with that one, and it's good <laughs> because, you know, the swing happens fast enough so so that you know what I mean. Whoever doesn't decode it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> know you know so looney's so, you know, so looney's Looney was playing and and then that right and then what else we got yeah you know you know that okay yeah. uh, well just tell us tell us the retreat story
1: a, a retreat story yeah, any retreat story that stands out in your mind
3: I was particularly uh, uh, the top three I was particularly i lived for the water wars that we used to have that was organized by check and boot epic. Absolutely. Because like <clears throat> all the rest of y'all was kids, but me and Kenny knew was GI Joe's. Like we were <laughs> <entire soldiers. laughs> like, it was another thing for us. Like, for, like I, I don't, I don't really know if y'all understand the, the audio, and Oluseanu connection. I don't know if y'all understand that, but that was like the earliest friendship that I had. The earliest like male that I bonded with in the society was was Kenny New. The earliest female was Ajawa, So I'm mm. But <clears throat> me and Kenny New was straight military guys. And Parkchester had this toy store that had some serious weapons in it. And before the laws, before like they Kids was pulling out guns and getting shot by cops. Right, right, right. The guns looked too real. Mm
1: -hmm. The
3: intertex was out, and me and Kenny New had all that. We had the intertex. I had this silver handgun. We had the. I remember
1: the green, the green looking joint.
3: No, me and Kenny New had two green Beretta Jetters. Yeah. (laughs) Kenny New came. Kenny New came with the water grenade joint, with a strap on your back, and you pump water balloons. And what me and Kenny New did was we hid out in the woods and created like 40 of the water balloons. You know, and, and so it was like a whole nother level of you know seriousness for us. You know, so I, I enjoyed that.
2: Yo, I'm over here crying laughing,
3: right? Because you know, I can um, see you in the mirror right now painting the shit right. under your <laughs> eyes. <right? laughs> All the way. That, that was our degree, man. <laughs> we was on it. That is how we was on it. <laughs> <gasps> my my only choice growing up was G.I. Joe's and matchbox cars, man. I was just straight like that was my, my degree. Yo, and you, guns. Yo, you don't Those know guns. how funny
2: that is to me right now, bro. You say y'all y'all was just kids. Mm-hmm. Nigga, I, I I was Duke <laughs> and He was roadblock, nigga. We was about to get it in when you... <laughs> So so
3: the so the thing is, every year, every year. After the retreat when everybody else went home, me and Kenny New went to another campsite.
1: Oh wow. Mm, so I do remember that. I so, do remember that.
3: So Moot Simpson and his and his staff, Baba Willits, aka mm. S F officer Moot, would take us camping every year to this um place called Chickateague Island. That's mm. an island off of like North Carolina. And we would go camping like real camping in a tent, pitch a oh, wow. tent. You know, and read Indian tales and, like, build a fire and carve pine sap out of pine trees and eat it. and You know, like, we was doing, like, real camping. You know, so, yeah, that was, we was, like, you know, woodsmen.
2: Wow, that's
1: what's up. That was really getting it in. It's crazy the things that you experience and you never forget. Right. You understand what I'm
3: saying? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and then the retreat, and then we had, like, we would, you know, back in the days, the retreat was, um, the campgrounds was, like, better kept. So, like, the adjacent campgrounds were, like, you could go and find a cabin that was, like, clean enough to do something in. So we would sneak Mm. away, and we had a cabin that we would have, like, those boxing matches in. So Mm -hmm. it's
1: funny you should say that. It's funny you should say that because somebody I know, right? Mm -hmm. Somebody I know thought it may be a good idea yeah as adults to visit the retreat and possibly have a reunion there
3: okay and what, now, say, you? what say you what say you i say i say that prince william forest park is a park that people rent <laughs> 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 you, you <recover>. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, I don't understand I like, you know, what I mean yeah, you reserve it you go and you do that But you know,
2: so what we want to I'm, know and that's, that's what we want to know I'm, if mm-hmm. if it was reserved for first-generation What could, could we count on you to come?
1: Okay. Okay. No, so you're missing that you he, He's, he's candy-coating it. What I'm trying to say is as an adult, right? Yeah, and I'm sure that you've been you know around the world and stayed in nice hotels and you have a nice place that you live in. As an adult, not not going there for spiritual wellness. Is <laughs> those cabins a place that you would stay by
3: choice? All right. So let me let me let me give you let me give you the range that I exist in. Okay. All right. So the last time I went to the retreat. And this is, and this is a suggestion for like, let's say hypothetically that we do that in 2020, um, 22. Let's say we do that in
0: 2022.
3: Right. Here's exactly how you can do it. You rent the campground, which is very cheap. The campground is cheap.
1: Yeah, we, we know. We, fig- are, we figured that out.
3: <laughs> there, are, there are nearby hotels. <laughs> thank you. So that, thank so, you. You, thank so that you, you. you, so that look, the cabins are there. Exactly. You can do whatever. You can have activities scheduled in the lodge. You can go. You could go to sleep in the hotel. It's a five-minute drive up the road. That's, that's, you that's can come hope. back in the day if anybody wants to crash in the cabin. Do your thing.
2: No, 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 do no. no, no. Thing. So, so, Nessa, say, are you saying that you're not sleeping in the cabin? Is
3: that what you're suggesting? Oh, but then now my range. So the last time I went to the retreat, me and my wife got a hotel room and we had, we had, we had, we had the cabin we had the cabin and the hotel room right so so we had the option if that if the cabin was becoming too much zoom right but i'm a woodsman so i personally solo don't have a problem
1: exactly with that right. kind of,
3: with, with that kind of experience i don't have i don't have that hang up like I, yeah. I i do mountain retreats and tent retreats and all of that like i could do that Absolutely, I'd sleep in my car if I That's had
1: to. But fair. if there's a hotel right down the street, I'm
3: going to hotel. <laughs> and both are cheap. The hotels down the road are cheap. You know, the cabin camp is cheap, and and then you have the trailer park um right next door. Rent an RV, exactly. Rent an RV and bring your whole RV down there.
1: No doubt. I just want to reiterate reiterate that. It, yeah, you know no, those, a- those cabins are not. You know. I ain't staying in the hotel. I ain't staying in a hotel. Okay.
2: That's what I I say now, right? I'll bring you a cup of
1: coffee from the (laughs)
3: hotel. (laughs) No, no, no. Hold on, hold on, hold on. There's a Starbucks down the road now. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Starbucks to the retreat.
1: Exactly. Yo, but when we was there, it seemed like we were just so far away from civilization, but it really it was really just like two miles down the road. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> we were so little, everything seemed so far. Like right. and think everything.
2: about this for, for a second as well, right? When we was coming up, the world ended at, at New Jersey. <laughs>
1: right. That was the end of the like what? Right. New Jersey, nigga. Six six hours is like going to like <sighs> we was on across another planet, the country.
3: Man. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. it ended in DC for me. I got a lot of DC, and no, 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 no.
1: absolutely, man. Well, listen, what a conversation, man. We touched on a lot of different things, but you know, this is a question that we ask all our guests. What we want to know is, would you change the way that you were raised?
3: No, I would say no way, no way. I love everything about it. You know.
2: That's what's up. I, I appreciate that too. That's what's up. I don't think that a- I tell
3: people I'm Harriet Tubman's grandson. Mm. So it's like I was just born with like the the whole vibe of just feeling the need to like the, the 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 black disenfranchisement. I take it personal. Like you know how like there's a communal or or national consideration and a personal consideration like. If somebody in the world of people dies, your heart goes out. But if somebody in your, in your immediate family dies, it's different. Mm. on a personal level, for the plight of Black people as a whole, so to me, Osiris Set is an endeavor, you know, that it addresses directly the disenfranchisement. So I can only commend. You know that, you know that those OGs did what they did.
2: Absolutely. That's what's up. Now, and that's we always talk on the show. And and I'm glad that people can hear it because this is this is uh genuine. I don't think that we're faking anything today, right? Mm-hmm. But what Ness and I always say is that when we get back together, it's like we never left. No, no matter how many years go past. Is is that does that ring true for you as well?
3: It's a true story, man.
2: And I, I want to tell you this because mess is big on this, giving people their flowers while while they're here, right? And I mm-hmm. and I want to tell this to you, Anessa, because this is absolutely rings true about you, and I appreciate you for doing this, right?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: It don't matter where I see an It is, it, and it goes both ways though. But this is definitely how I feel when I see SI right? It don't matter where it is. Anessa is going to come over and, and chop it up with me. Even if it's just for a hot second.
3: No doubt.
1: I mean... No doubt. Then we're going to go get some Indian food.
2: That, but I, I want to stress that point, though. It doesn't matter where we are, though. He's... Anessa, I appreciate you, sir. That that shit is super dope to me.
3: Oh, man, I mean, it's it's like, y'all, look, you know, it's like I say, I say blood is thicker than water. And spirit is stronger than blood. So, you know, it's like y'all are my spiritual family, man. It's like y'all are oh, all yeah. the My my, yeah. my my children know y'all by faith. Mm. The pictures come out, you know what I mean? They they learn the names and you know, so y'all have like a uncleish status, like a godfather status, even like like my for my kids, you know.
2: Facts. Yeah. I, and I think that rings true with all of us because unfortunately none of our kids really know each other. However, right. somewhat, right? But not so, like yeah. not like how we know each other, right? right not like right, how, right. how I knew that you're, if if I needed something from your moms, I could go ask her for it tomorrow without question, right? right. Yeah. But they all have that same level of respect for everyone in our circle. I, and I'm speaking only for my kids, right? Like, they right. they know what's up. And I, and I think what, that's
3: dope. They to, all they have to do is, is hear, like, the moot or a tap in front of the name. And, they, and it's like my daughter's never... They don't know who Moot Saste is. Mm-hmm. But if they outside and they and and, and they overhear that that's Moot Saste, then it's like boom, automatic respect, you
2: know? That's what's no up. No doubt. Yeah. That's that's dope. But Isan, thanks for coming on today, bro. I appreciate no you uh taking some time out and chopping it up with us.
3: No doubt. Chief style.
2: Chief style. All hell the chief. chief. But before we let you get up out of here, right? Yeah. Tell the people again about your website how they can follow you and where they can pick up your book.
3: So the website for the jewelry and talismans is Osteria. That's A-U-S-A-R-I-A.com. And then for the, for the book, that's Shepsology.com. S-H-E-P-S-O-L-O-G-Y.com.
2: Check them out people and, and support them because if we don't support each other, nobody else will. You know,
1: I- absolutely and I I ain't even gotta say this but you know we know you're gonna come out to the next first generation event whenever we you know get back to normalcy and have another event you know because you know it's not just you showing up it's also you know somebody that'll get something out of you showing up you understand what I'm saying you know, so sometimes you never know who you help or who you inspire just by them seeing you and in- reconnecting
3: with you right you know what we got to try to do for the next one what's, what's tell that? us the thing is is like there's it trips me out when i think of how many like when when we talk about the first generation and i'm talking to you know my, my, my wife is new you know so relatively new for this and, and all of that they, it's like a lot of new assists that people consider me like like the, the where the child of a set line starts, to mm-hmm. tell people time after time it's like nah man, there's people in first generation that probably like ten years older than me, mm-hmm. right,
1: absolutely,
3: and, and and it's like there's a lot of like people that grew up in a set or in and around a set that you know they 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 may look up to they may look up to me like Santubia said he got into arts because. Of, you know, watching me like, mm. look at me it's his OG. I'm like yeah but and then but I got into arts because of Ayodele and Ali Me talk like, about them I was looking at them watching them drawing all of that you know Ayadela used to sit in the room drawing Sasquatch and I'd be over there like trying to copy off of him And you know and so you know at the next first generation I would love to see um us get like all of the people from like from that whole group might there, as many of them as we can, like reach out That
2: we, we definitely working on getting that because <clears throat> like like I said, people don't know me, people don't know them, right? But let me tell right. you guys something. Because you just brought up one of my guys. And I, I've seen him recently, right? Who? Hakeem Pei. I, I'm gonna yeah. say that because this is what he told me out of his mouth. Yeah. That he doesn't like the name Ayadeli. And, I, and I'm I'm telling what? you that because he told me that. I don't know. But he told me. And I was like, yo, I love that name,
3: bro. I've loved that name my whole life.
2: Yeah, that's what he told me. I, I just seen him what? like a few months ago. He was and Ayadella is
3: name, right? Yeah. It's Hakeem Ayadella.
2: It's Hakeem Ayadella, yep. But, you know, it is what it is. We yeah. We treat people as they like to be treated around these parts. But exactly. I still love the name. But that's that's dope Mm -hmm. that that you you give homage to those guys uh, that inspired you as well. That's really why I uh, I fuck with you because it's no no bougie bontonness to you, if that makes any sense. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know how else to say it, so that's how I
3: keep it. Yeah.
2: yeah. That's what's up, buddy. Appreciate you for coming on.
1: Absolutely.
3: Absolutely. Come on.
2: We're not going to hold you. And the guys out there and listening to Land, If you don't forget, if you like what you're hearing, subscribe to the show. And you can always hit that support button too.
1: Absolutely. That's right. If everybody does a little, it becomes a lot. Well, my good brothers and the good people out there, see you guys next time. And don't forget to meditate and let it marinate.
2: That's right. Safe it up. Remember, crossover, but don't sell out. Peace. Peace.